Welcome to Relationships Reclaimed, where we talk about anything and everything relationship-related with Ariane and Vicki. All right, everyone, welcome back. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And if you are new, welcome to Relationships Reclaimed. Excited to have you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so today... I'm very excited about this relationship to talk about. <laughs> I think it's funny because I think at least for the last month or so, <laughs> that was a statement that you've said at the beginning of every at the beginning. episode. I'm really excited about this episode. This really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Clearly, I'm excited about a lot of things, which them. is actually so not true. I really get excited. <laughs> Maybe we've just had lots of good topics that are exciting. Maybe, right? Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about relationship with excitement. No. Which our listeners are probably like, yeah, no, no. We're talking about relationship with self-love. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's such a juicy topic. It is. And it's not, um, it's definitely a relationship I've had to grow into. Oh, me too. And I'm yeah. wondering how significant that is for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. self-love. Like we live in a world that I think, um, we focus so much outwardly. Um, yeah, that we don't, whether it's like, um, women, um, needing to love everyone else and forget about themselves or men who it's not okay to self-love, um, mm. because of, the uh, stereotypes that we give men, right? Right. Like what kind of stereotypes do you think would, would prevent that? The self-love Probably aspect? any feeling state, right? Like, yeah. um, no, I got to work hard. I've got to be a man. I can't show emotion. I can't show care so for that's myself. An interesting, yeah. So self-love. So you're equating in that statement, so, uh, emotion to self-love. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that regard. Um, yeah. And I mean, again, I'm kind of stereotyping here, too, in the sense that, um, you know, men aren't supposed to cry. They're not supposed to, you know, show sensitivity or vulnerability or, you know, that kind of love and nurturing that women typically Mm. show. Embody. Embody. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is a stereotype in itself, um, because as we know, at least as I know, my husband's capacity to love and care is so tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see it all the time. It doesn't look like mine. Right. And at the same time, I don't see him loving himself very much. Yeah. Right. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more than he used to in the sense mm-hmm. of, um, you know, he, he looks at it in a diff, he loves himself in a different way than I would love myself and that is I need to eat properly I need to you know it's more self-care than it is Mm. okay so let's what is self-love for you oh self-love um really brings in compassion um Mm -hmm. and um just really seeing myself um with care and um, compassion in all the states of my being. So whether that is when I'm defending 
or shutting down or, um, you know, just struggling with something, having a bad day in pain, whatever it is, or maybe um, something I've done that's been really successful and really great, um, really bringing in um, that pride, I guess. And that, um, I guess the big word is really seeing myself Mm -hmm. with loving eyes. I think that is what self-love is for me, no matter where I am, seeing myself with those loving Mm -hmm. eyes. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has it always been that way? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was quite blind, actually, to self-love. It was a dangerous place for me. I didn't trust myself. I didn't... um, I always thought things were my fault. Not that I still don't go into those places. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But less so for sure. So yeah, everything was always my fault. I was always responsible for every horrible thing that ever happened. So um, how could you love yourself if you knew that you were wrong? Right. Um, And so that was, I really believed I was bad and wrong. And so how do I love myself? It's impossible. Right. Right. So um, and with that, the fact that I didn't have self-love really made it difficult for others to love me. Because. Oh, interesting. I didn't believe I deserved it. Right. Like, it's my fault. I'm bad. I'm wrong. I don't love myself. Why do you love me? So was it hard for them to love you or was it hard for you to let their love in? Yeah, let their love in. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they absolutely did love me, although yeah. I didn't see it because I wasn't even letting it in. Right. Right. It's only yeah. now that I can sit back and say, oh, my gosh, like these people really, truly do love me. Yeah. And it's still difficult for me to let yeah. love in it's it mm-hmm. it is almost painful sometimes I know that sounds really strange but um it can feel really painful what what part feels painful I think there's this element of um being seen it feels really mm-hmm. unsafe in a lot of ways and yeah so when that doesn't sound strange no, sounds, I think I think just knowing what I know as a therapist and yeah. as, it just it makes sense to me. Yeah. So that love is really that's what is, is painful about love, which, um, you know, if I if I could shift it, which I've been trying to shift the, that concept of when it does feel painful, how can I show love for myself in that part of me that feels um, the pain of receiving. Make sense? Did yeah. That right? Yes. Yeah. 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 How about you? What's your you, relationship with uh, self-love? It's so, it's such, it's been a very interesting journey for me. I, I mean, same as you, like I didn't, I mean, self-love wasn't a thing for me. I did not it's hard to love yourself when you believe so many terrible things about yourself. Right. Exactly. And 
and that has been my world. And so I spent a lot of my time trying to prove that I deserved to exist even that there, like, how could I love myself there? Yeah. You know, but I didn't have the awareness to what was really going on. Um, and I don't think self-love was modeled. I mean, love itself wasn't really modeled well to me. Mm. Right. I never felt loved as a child that that was a gap in in my relationships with my parents. I mean, I know intellectually now that they love me and that they did love me, but it wasn't modeled to a a Mm. place where I felt it and embodied it and knew that I was loved. Right. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I wouldn't know how to be loved (laughs) or how could I love myself? So, I mean, because I was questioning myself in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it, but I was looking for love in other people, right? Yeah. I mean, I was desperately seeking that because I didn't have that. I didn't have that felt sense from my family of origin. Mm-hmm. And so I was desperately seeking it from anywhere I could get it from, right? I was trying to figure out where do I belong? Yeah. Where do I belong? Who, what family will adopt me? Right. And love me and make me feel loved. And I don't, I don't, I didn't realize at the time that's what I was doing, but because I have, I, I come from such a fractured family. Mm-hmm. So that was my experience of myself and love. Yeah. I find it so interesting because, you know, um, when I kind of reflect back on my childhood, like when you had said you weren't modeled love. I look at my childhood. I'm like, oh my gosh, there was like tremendous amount of love everywhere in my family. Like if there's one thing I can say about my family is the amount of love that exists, existed Mm -hmm. and exists in my family. Yeah. um, Is probably the foundation of our whole family. Like, I know. And I love that when you, when you talk about it, I'm like, I love that. Like, and I know I've met your mom. I know your mom. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Like, she kind of oozes that like she's very even that card she sent me <laughs> right it was very loving and very open and her like her words were I felt the love through the words right I come from a family that's very quiet right so you don't know where you stand mm-hmm. and your I I didn't know where I stood I constantly had to guess what was happening what was going on, where I was, it it was very hard. It was very hard. Still is, you know, but I have this better understanding of myself and my family system, right? So I love that you have that experience. I love that. I Not that I, I I can't say that I'm happy that I had my experience, but this, it is my experience, Mm -hmm, you know? When did you become aware of um, love around you or when did you start to see um, modeling of love? I would say the biggest pieces were when I, when I started our training in the PRAC program. Um, I was already in therapy, actually. So I think that that model had already started with my therapist, Mm -hmm. which is which is what I needed. And that's what we do as therapists. Right. We create that healthy attachment. 
And so I was starting that journey already for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when we were in my first year in the prep program, because my stepdad was dying, I, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast episode. I think it was relationship with support. We talked about this. Yeah. I really felt cradled because I couldn't, my family, I don't know if it was me not letting my family support me or my family couldn't support me in the middle of their own grief. So I had to find support for my grief. And I finally stepped into that in that, that year in with my, my classmates and my teachers and they fucking held me. Like it was mind blowing and life altering for me. Right. How do you know it was love or how did you know it was love? It's a good question. I felt, I felt safe for me because I still have this and this is very transparent. I still have this deep seated belief that love is dangerous because of many horrific things that I've been through Um, and horrific. And I say that now and I'm like, was it horrific? Are you exaggerating? Oh my gosh. Her minimizing stage is coming in here now. My minimizing <laughs> strategy is coming in, right? And and totally, it's kicking in right now. And so even as we're talking about self, and now I'm starting to feel like really anxious. <laughs> oh my God, it's happening in real time. Mm. So how can right? you show yourself self-love right now? Yeah, I think honestly, just talking about that, just sharing what was happening, slowing it down. Taking a breath and understanding that my experiences were mine. Mm-hmm. They were, they, and really, honestly, if you would have told me some of the things that happened, like if you were to share some of the things that I know happened to me, as if they I would say that yeah. I would be like, that's horrific. Yeah. So yeah, that's a true statement. Yeah. So I had those things happen to me and that equated love is dangerous, right? And I didn't feel danger or unsafe with my classmates who, and I call them my prac family. Yeah. Right. And so that was, I think the first time I really got to experience love. And so that started the reflection of what is self-love. Mm. Right. And I actually do want to point out at one time, many years ago, I was going to, um, I might've said this on another podcast episode. I don't know if I did or not, but I was going to get wax, like bikini and like leg wax. And I remember driving there thinking, oh, it's going to hurt. And I thought, oh, good. I deserve it. Hmm. And that was a moment for me. And I was like, whoa, where did that thought come from? Where did that come from? And that was a moment where I actually realized how much I hate myself. Wow. I was like, yeah, I fucking hate myself. I, I am. And that's the story that I carried for years is I'm, I'm a shit person. I hate myself. I just deserve to die. I don't know why people are my friends. I don't know why people love me. I'm just waiting for them to see the real me. And then I'm going to be alone again because alone is what I know. Yeah. Right. And so it was just this really big. It's been this really hard relationship for me. Mm. You know, and yeah, and having to remind yourself, okay, 
so having that experience with your classmates, um, mm-hmm. I guess the question what I, that I want to ask is you had this experience with your classmates showing you love and your teachers showing you love. Yeah. How did that get you towards loving yourself? Because I couldn't, I couldn't deny the evidence. I couldn't deny the evidence and their love felt unconditional. It wasn't, it wasn't a, you need to do this for me and then I will love you. And I knew where I stood with them kind of for the most part, right? Like there was an understanding and there was a vulnerable, ah, this is it. There was a vulnerable, oh my God, I'm having a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Real time, real time moment here. There was vulnerability from them. And that reflected back to me who I was in the middle of that place. Does that make sense? Yes. To me, it makes okay. sense. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. It would to the I will to the listeners. So when I show up vulnerably and someone can hold that space, I feel some love, right? I feel held when someone else and that same relationship can also show up in vulnerability that embody, I can embody even more connection there, mm-hmm. right? Because I know where I stand. Yeah. I know where I stand. I know where we stand. There's information going back and forth. And that is a value of mine. And that makes me feel safe. Right. And, and safety so all of, allows love. Safety allows love. And so then I was able to actually be like, hey, something is different here. Something is happening here. Mm -hmm. and so that kind of helped me understand that if these people, these humans can actually show up for me and show up vulnerably with me, there's, there must be something about me. I must have, I probably contribute to that a little bit. Yes. Or the question wasn't, do I, it was, it was, it was, how do I, I had to look at that. Mm. And so then I had to start looking at my qualities. Who am I in this world? How do I show up? Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time and like listeners, let me tell you, this has not been an overnight journey. I mean, I started I'd been prac in 2015 or 16, mm-hmm. 2016. So that's a while ago. Right. And so I had to start to look at those pieces and kind of anchor it in. So when other people were reflecting that back to me, I could start to embody it more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And recently my journey with self-love has taken a bit of a turn because I started to realize, cause I work with this, with my clients, my clients, this is their biggest piece too. Mm-hmm. Usually, especially in my coaching practice, we name it. Right. Um, It's like society seems to dictate that you love yourself or you don't. You have self-love or you don't. If you're going to have self-love, you have to have it all or nothing. And it's, it's, that's, it's not, I've realized it is not, it's not that. No. Right. It's not that at all. And it's a matter of how much can I love myself in this moment? Exactly. If it's only like 0.5 of a percent. Okay. I'm still going to focus on that part, acknowledge the rest. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's moments. It's so important. 
It's right. It's so important. It's not a all or nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It makes me think of actually too. Um, there was, it was while I was in therapy. Um, well, I'm still in therapy, <laughs> but <laughs> who's not? I know. Right? <laughs> um, but this was quite a few years ago and I was just really struggling. And um, part of my homework was that I actually, I came up with was um, taking moments. I'd have an alarm on my phone actually. And um, the alarm had a song related to love on it. And it reminded me to look around where I was in that very moment. Where do I see love? And so I would look around my room. Okay. Where do I see love here? Oh, there's a picture of my kids. There's sure love there. And so I got into the practice of um, really looking for the evidence of where love is, because I would fall similar to you into those cycles of everything is bad. Everything is my fault. Everything is terrible. I'm a bad person. Right. And missed out on so much Mm -hmm. love that was going on around me. And by doing so, it started to um, bring it inward for me. And that's how I started to self-love was, okay, where can I see the love within myself right now in this moment? So, yeah, it was really important step, I think, for me to first start looking around myself in where I could see love or feel love. Yeah. And then I could bring it inward. And um, which ultimately made such a huge difference and actually was I went leaps and bounds to mm. from where I was to where I became in the sense of when something really bad would happen I would turn inward and go okay how can I love myself even though I know I made a horrible mistake yeah or, yes, because we're still lovable in those places exactly right yeah, yeah. and we're human I mean, let's face it, we cannot be perfect and we are going to make mistakes and we're, you know, going to stumble and fall or life happens and, you know, things happen in our life that are unfavorable or tragic at times. And, um, and really how can we love ourselves in the middle of that? Mm -hmm. I think is, is necessary, um, for our survival. I really, really believe that, that if we cannot turn inward and love ourselves in those moments, your life is not, you're not living. Yeah. Probably just surviving. You're just surviving. You're just trying to make it. Um, And you're the person that needs to feel the love the most Mm -hmm. in order for, anything to change around us, we need to look at how we can love ourselves first. And I know it's cliche and I know people, I mean, we've said this on the podcast before, you know, um, you need to help yourself or support yourself or love yourself before you can help anybody else. Right. Um, And there is truth to that. Yes. You know, and there is, it's not just cliche. No, because when we, can't love ourselves we look outside of ourselves for people to validate 
right? Or what we believe about ourselves. Yes. And so even though, like I said, I used, like I looked outside of myself and had that reflected back to me, the love. So yes, but I was also knowing what was happening. I recognized my strategy of, I am believing that I don't deserve to exist. And so I'm trying to make everyone else prove that to me. Yeah. But that strategy is not working anymore. So what else might there be? Yes. Right. And again, that's a long process. But so we do have to, I mean, so yes. So use that, like you had said, Vicki, use that outside world to be curious and then bring it inwards. I think that's really important. Yeah. And it is a journey. Like be yeah. gentle with yourself. And yeah. it's hard. Like it is, it is hard. Yeah. And, right? and a good question to ask is, um, you know, when something happens, uh, or maybe even exploring, you don't have to not in the moment when it happens, but explore where or how do I or do I let love in? Mm-hmm. Where, what are my strategies? Is it okay to let love in? Yeah. Is it not? What is your experience, right? Like, I think those are kind of the first steps you need to start to explore is, um, like the first one, do I let love in? Maybe yeah. you don't, right? For whatever reason. Because when we can start to notice those pieces, then when they're happening, when someone is trying to extend love to you, you'll start to pick up on it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what I do. Right. Like you, you had beautifully said that this is what I do when somebody is trying to love me. Right. Yeah. My ego comes in. I start to, you know, say, well, why do you love me? I shouldn't exist. I hate myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So explore those pieces first. Figure out yeah. what you do to strategize to for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it is important to look at the strategies. I, I know I do that with all of my clients. We look at the strategies, like what is it that's happening here, mm-hmm. right? Because we will always go back to what's familiar. So love for me is not familiar. Mm-hmm. Unsafety, dangerous, it. alone is. And so I will make decisions that will keep me feeling unsafe and alone because we're human and we go to what is familiar yes we always so I I also live in a state of anxiety I have high anxiety I know it well so for me to be calm for a long period of time feels scary (laughs) I don't regulate well in calm right but I'm learning to do that but I'm learning these things about myself Right. And they're new. Some of these are really fresh and really new because I've been able to like really dig underneath the strategies and be like, okay, I see you. I see this now. Yeah. And it allows me to love myself more. Mm-hmm. It allows me to be like, I was so wounded. I was so wounded. Mm-hmm. And this is the strategy that I created. Yeah. And inside of me is that little girl still that is feeling unsafe and unloved, unlovable and alone. Yeah. She's in a dark closet all by herself. Hmm. Right? I just feel like I want to love her up right now. <laughs> I know. And right? And that's what you can do, right? Like if it's it's difficult, see if you can remove yourself 
and imagine um, some little person um, in front of you going through what you went through. Yeah. And what feelings do you have when you witness this little person? Yeah. Right. Like whether that be, you know, what if it was your child or um, yeah. a close friend or a niece or, you know, um, your best friend's child or, mm-hmm. you know, you can even go to that place. But what do you, what do you, does it feel like to witness this little person? Yeah. And that's if, that's if there's awareness of what might have happened as a young, as a young child, because not everyone has that and not everyone is understanding of that. Yeah. And so if that's not possible, yeah. it's, I ask my clients, you probably do this too. I'll ask my clients, like, what, it, what do you, what is the, what is the narrative you've got going on about yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the story? And they'll tell me and I'm like, well, so like if your best friend or a close friend of yours was saying that about themselves, what, what would you say to them? Yeah. Right. And then that sometimes lets my clients drop. Sometimes it still doesn't work though, because it, there's a, a, a major defensive strategy going on. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that means that there's just more layers to like look at and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. And I say that because if I can do it <laughs> and I hated myself, people, I thought I should die. Like that's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. I hated who I was. And so if I can do it, I know you, I know everyone else can and, and it's not easy. It's It's not an easy journey, but you deserve to have self-love. You deserve to let love in and you deserve to have company and support and guidance along that journey. Yeah. You don't have to be alone in self-love. No. Right. Like that. No. You know, (laughs) I, I find that I love myself most when I'm with people. Yes. Right. Because I get to kind of reflect back who I am there. And I, I, and yeah, I'd like to just note uh, exactly what you said that it doesn't have to be a little person or, you know, your younger self that you kind of witness. It can be, you know, your adult self, but removing yourself and going, Oh, if that was someone else, right. Mm -hmm. What might I feel towards that person going through this? Right. It just gives a little bit of distance between. You. Yeah. Or even like watching a scenario in um, like, a, like as if it was a movie, mm-hmm. whatever the scenario is that's going on for you um, as a movie and then checking in. Okay. Like, can I love that person that is going through that? Yeah. Like, what am I yeah. feeling there? Right. And that can just kind of give a little bit of distance between yourself and mm-hmm. your experience. The other thing I wanted to note that I was going to say earlier about that um, connection and looking outside of yourself to know about love and self-love, it it really is the mirror neurons that activate um, within our brains that um, mimic the other person. So when we can show love to the other person, there's this exchange and this modeling that that occurs afterwards, a mirroring. Mirror. I love mirror neurons. I know so much. Oh my too. god, <laughs> I love them. Yeah, they're so good. They are. If anybody oh, is man. interested, go research uh, mirror yeah. neurons. 
it's quite fascinating. So I don't even know a lot about them, but I'm I'm witnessing it, experiencing it as I'm doing trauma therapy with my clients and mm-hmm. myself, like what goes on for me. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, it's so interesting. It really is. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add one other thing about my journey was self-love really. I really came into a more loving space for myself when I connected uh worked on my relationship with God. And that I'm not advocating that anyone do that because it's your own journey, but that was me because I believe that I shouldn't have been born, right? I have survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. And so my and I have also if you listen to our podcast episode on relationship with spirituality, faith and religion, um you'll understand this journey for me. Yes. But I I thought that God, I wasn't supposed to be here and that, you know, and so my relationship with God was very fractured for many reasons. And so I had to step into that relationship and heal that. Yeah. And that was like the the thing that sealed the deal for self-love for me. And I'm, I'm also saying that meaning some days I still am at like a 5% of, I love myself and other days I'm like, or moments I'm like, yep. I am the bomb.com. Like I got this. I'm, I love myself so much. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Vicky, it comes also in the form of compassion for me, where if I'm really understanding my strategies, like you and I had a, a, a good talk earlier before we recorded. And I was like, yeah, I'm seeing that I actually matter in my relationships. And so my relationships are changing and it's, super scary. And usually I would strategize and how to stay in the relationship, even if it meant abandoning myself, Mm. but I'm not willing to do that anymore. And it's starting to, I'm starting to see that and it's really hard. And I was crying because I was saying, I just have so much compassion for myself Mm -hmm. that I matter, Mm -hmm. that my needs matter. And that is self-love. Yeah. It's like, I'm willing, I'm willing to lose someone possibly to count myself in. Yeah. I'm an, I matter enough. I love myself enough to say yes to me. Mm-hmm. And if that means someone else hurts, I have to let them hurt. Cause that's theirs. Right. Right. Cause that's theirs. And I have to say that experience, um, really like I, I mean, it made me fall in love with you even more. And not Aww. not in a romantic way, but just because I'd love oh, you. Oh, that's to too death. bad. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it did it allow me to fall in love with you even more because I could see the love that you were showing to yourself. Mm-hmm. At the love that I knew I had for you, right? So mm. you actually taking in what I knew to be true um, about your lovability. Right. Beautiful. I love that. My lovability. Yes. 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 And that's, that's just it, right? Is, is I was able to finally embody my lovability. And that is what has been reflected back to me by the people in my life. Right. And the work that I've done in between. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I know. I know. Love is (laughs) contagious. It's so contagious. Yes. There's this other side of me that's like, and it can make you squirm and it can like, (laughs) cause love is still, there's still part of me that is like, love is dangerous. And I'm working on that piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But 
that's okay. Yeah. And this is a good place to be. Right. Right. It is, and it is a journey, right? Like for myself, it's, you know, um, remembering that love doesn't hurt, <laughs> right? That yeah. um, love can feel good and it's mm-hmm. okay to feel it. Um, yeah. And, and let it in. And um, having love for myself doesn't mean anything other than I love myself. Yeah. And that's right. That's fundamental to my well-being yeah. is to yeah. love myself. And yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say you were, what you said just reminded me of I've, I've heard, you know, experience from a number of clients that self-love is selfish mm. as well. And so that that's just I mean, that's just maybe it. I mean, we don't have enough time to talk about that, but. It's just interesting what we can equate self-love to. Yes. Right. And again, it's one of those, um, depending on what's driving it, right? What side of the coin are you looking at? Because um, if you're looking at self-love from an angle of selfishness, um, what is really happening there for you? Yeah. Right. Like, is there, you know, looking underneath of it anyways. Um, And if it's, driven by its purity then it just is like I feel like love is just one of those um, emotions and experiences that just is there doesn't have to be a meaning there doesn't have to be um, a condition it doesn't have to it just is Mm -hmm. and and it's fundamental it's absolutely necessary for our well-being for our survival for life Yes, it is so much. Mm-hmm. So count I yourselves really, in. Count I know, in. count yourselves in. And and earlier when we talked about like you deserve to have support and guidance here, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Like find someone that resonates with you that you can connect with that can help you on this journey if you struggle with self-love because you're so worth it. And professional help can like me and you both um, on mm-hmm. our journey with self-love, um, really began that, that journey with therapy. Um, yes. That is where we started to allow um, or learn that attachment piece, right? Yes. And so, you know, reach out to us if you feel like we're a good fit or reach mm-hmm. out um, if you want a referral to somebody or, yeah. you know, maybe a friend knows a friend or, you know, and mm-hmm. if you feel like you need some added support, yeah, professionally, yeah. you know, just find find the person that's right for you. Yeah, people are right? out that's there so important. that are willing to to support yeah. and love you where you're at. Yeah, I'll put again our our um our emails in the show notes. Okay, awesome. So that people can connect with us or some way to get a hold of us. So, yeah. Well, if someone need, would like to, yeah, that'll be there. So, exactly. Okay. Okay, everyone. That's it. We did it in our time. We, we did, did it. Ten twenty nine. I was like, we need to be done at ten thirty. It's ten twenty nine. Okay. All right, listeners. Oh, so much love to you. Mm-hmm. So much love to you. And um, be gentle on this journey. Yeah. You so deserve it. You do. And love is necessary for you. So, yeah. And if you know someone that could actually really benefit from this episode, send it to them, share it with them. Yeah. Right. 
everyone deserves some support and maybe that's that's the support that they need right now who knows yeah, right exactly. maybe that's enough at this moment yeah okay until next time that's be well it. be safe Bye-bye. bye thanks for joining us today on relationships reclaimed you can reach myself vicki wilburn on my website masterpiececounseling.com this is arianne and you can find me at ariannemore.com on Instagram at Ariane Moore Life Coach, and you can request to join the Tribe of Empowered Goddesses on Facebook.